0: Welcome to the J2 Hub Podcast, where we focus on everything from property development, hot entrepreneurially business topics, and real-life scenarios facing business owners just like you and I. Brought to you by James Sahota, we bring you exciting real-life property, business and entrepreneurially related hot topics, and that little bit more. Good morning, everyone. We are live, Facebook, Insta, everything. Welcome to the property duo. You'll notice I'm somewhere different. Look at that clock. I spent, how much did I spend on that? Ten quid on Etsy? Hexagon clock. Yeah, there's no battery in it though. So it's 9am constantly, which is great. Um, But I'm in my SA, my own SA that I own you're oh, sexy, I say. It's quite a nice so one, cool. that one. I actually own a house. Pretty cool. Um, and but it doesn't feel like mine. You know, it just feels like an Airbnb because it's not obviously my home. But um, I think looking around me, because I assembled all the furniture myself stupidly, which I know James would never advise, I did pay someone to help me. But you know what? Shut up, James. I did some gardening today. I, I never what? said nothing. I see your face. I did some gardening today. What were you going to say? You know why I did gardening today, James? You know why I pulled out weeds for 10 minutes? Because... I find it therapeutic, and I quite like gardening. Actually, green fingers, they call me. Um, yeah, my essay is quite nice. <laughs> Yellow <I> think, fingers. <laughs> oh, Chalas, Ted, you look so fit. Thank you very much. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> There's you, you, the best part is of course the grass. Oh, no one on Zoom can see this, but on Instagram you can see the grass and see these prints on the wall. It's a hexagon. Oh wow! Theme. Oh, it's um, nice. Yeah, the prints were like four hundred grand or something off Designo.com. They're like artwork, you know, like a Fabergé egg. No, I you just them took myself. them off Google, didn't you? Nope, I did it myself on Canva, and I just, oh, I thank just and I stuck them in frames. Um, so yeah, this is this is my essay. Um, Where's that flowery wall that you got? You know, you know, just see. Oh, you on Instagram? Look there. You see it? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Nice. It's easy in it. I've been watching some uh, Dave Chappelle on that, and some Ali G. I watched the Ali G movie. Clearly, I'm really busy. Um, so James, today we're talking about a topic which oh god, just brings. Oh, it brings shivers to my, to my mm. spine. And I've, I've recently been doing it. That's why I'm here in my investment area. Um, and I know everyone is going to, it's going to bring up emotion with everyone, you know, because it's just the, I think it's the hardest part of property. Um, you might agree, might disagree. But before we get into that. Oh, wait, what is the topic? It's how to find and manage good builders, tradespeople, but also if we get time, how to manage your emotions, because I'm telling you, they're going to create wrinkles. They're going to create gray hairs. They're Mm -hmm. going to create the most irritating people on the planet. Sorry. Sorry to the good ones. Even then y'all are still irritating. Um, Yes, this is a service accommodation. So James, how has your week been? It's been seven days.
1: I've had quite a, quite a busy week to be fair. Uh, Lots of stuff going on. I, um, I've got a completion tomorrow on those four houses. So just nice. been trying to get everything together for that, get all the last bits of paperwork submitted, uh, due diligence. And it was your guys who actually came through and are representing me this time around and probably saved me around a thousand pounds, I would say, on legal fees using using your recommendation, Ted. So thank who? you very much for that. Uh, Stuart and PCS. Oh,
0: yeah, they're good, mate. You know, you complained about them, you little shit. They're still good.
1: Well, no, the thing is, as soon as you sent him that email, everything changed. You send him an email moaning and literally proactive like that. Emails coming back, questions getting answered. So I thought, you know what? This is good. This is good. Uh, and he's actually just got another couple of cases off me. So I'd chase him for a kickback if I was you. you know, I don't get kickbacks. I get,
0: I get I get, get £1,000 JV agreements for free. So he kind of works out, in it. it?
1: Oh, fair enough. Yeah. So yeah, completion day tomorrow. Really, really exciting. Next Wednesday, get the keys back for the HMO. That starts. That's turned in from a renovation now to a major renovation because we've decided to put on suites on all six of the rooms in the London HMO wow and something that I'm quite excited about and a few people are quite excited about is on the London one I'm actually going to do HMA uh, HMO experience now it's not just a HMO day what I'm planning to do is set up something with your good self you just don't know about it yet, well you kind of do uh, <laughs> um, so it'll be five visits to the site so you'll see it day one when it looks like a shithole and how it's been left by an agent You'll see it then through the progression of the build. You'll see it again at a certain stage. You'll then see it towards the end when it's being addressed, sorry, dressed up and photographed. So we wanted to create like a whole HMO experience, not just a single day where you get to see it, but a complete day. So a bit of a social involved in there as well, a bit of a lunch on the days, a bit of a drink up, maybe, you know, we'll see how it goes. But we're just planning something there because I thought this would be an ideal opportunity for people watching who want to see the whole process of a HMO from start to finish uh, and because it's my own site I thought why not let's just do it so yeah looking forward to doing that. Um, apart from that um, things have been good man it's been it's been a good good week a little bit tired today because I was up for D's 5am club this morning and I didn't get enough sleep the night before so feeling a bit feeling a bit tired mate need a little afternoon snooze I think.
0: Yeah uh, I went to bed straight after that here yeah, <laughs> after doing that. Um, cool <laughs> yeah, what? They- the, the, I spoke at the 5am club before you did. You, you um,
1: weren't there this morning. Don't try no, Not this morning.
0: I meant the one time I did it. I the, I'm, not, I'm not offending you. Don't worry. I know you got oh. up. Respect. Respect. No, yeah, no, no, it's not that. But, I was just like, where were you? Maybe I didn't see you. Like I, I mean, yeah. You did, I still look fresh at 5am, to be honest. So um, the HMO, the HMO experience, before we go on to meet, is, is really interesting. I think it will be mm-hmm. it will be fascinating to see it. And it's in London. So I guess most people who listen to us, are nearby and can see it and most people i don't know probably don't invest in london that we kind of speak to so it would be cool um for people to to kind of experience it and see
1: it it's also right near two major train stations as well so you can get in through the underground you can get in overhead uh, and there's a lovely little pub there as well where i could book out a, a table area and have a munch a few drinks and just discuss certain topics
0: uh, yeah, let's. I can um, I can do some cooking if you want. We can make it homemade, proper. We can have a cookout, man. We can have a cookout. Um, so yeah, me, what's been happening? So I met six builders. I've been dating. I've been uh, courting six builders um, on Tuesday on site. I gave them all an hour each in my diary, which I don't know how much you talk about with people, but I did not need an hour. So anyways, managed to kill a bit of time on an IG Live. Met these builders. I like two of them. I think some of them are just irritating, some of them are near, some of them are just not, haven't got the capacity, blah, 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 blah. Um, It was an interesting experience and yeah, I think, you know, it kind of leads nicely actually to the conversation we're having today. Um, I did that, I've looked at all my properties, things are in a shit state as expected, but one (laughs) is being uh, carpeted as we speak. Um, I won't get to see it on my way home, but that will be ready to be let out, finally. And actually, I saw it yesterday, almost ready, and it is, it's looking tidy, man. It's looking, you know, it's looking very good, especially for a rental, actually. I'm quite impressed um, with how it looks and the design, which is quite nice. And then all my other houses are cool. I've got um, two out of three flips are offer accepted. One's listed at 85, offer accepted at 80. One's listed at 125, offer accepted at 120. Um, So hopefully... They 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 continue and they they go to completion, but they are mortgages. So I'm not exactly holding my breath. I don't really give a shit that they're under offer because you know until they are exchanged, until they're locked I mean in, nothing does it. Yeah, unless you're James who escapes exchanges. Um, you one, uh, I don't really care. Yeah. Um, other than that, tenants all happy, all loving the houses. Um, my my boiler man has gone on a rave or like an ecstasy weekend, and I can't find him, but. <laughs> I don't need him yet. So it's fine. He's in a, uh, me and D th- think he's in a valley somewhere, just sleeping under a waterfall, but it, it is what it is. <laughs> um, so yeah. Um, and I took someone around from uh, Instagram, big up Mario, who said he's going to check in on properties for me. So I showed him around some of the projects, you know, cause last time we were saying about how to invest from far. So yeah. Um, things are interesting and meeting builders is just, is just fucking, Ugh. sometimes I just want to just, I don't know. Just clone some plasters and say, just go and plaster the wall. Go and do this. But uh, it doesn't happen. So quite a stressful week. But um, you're yeah. winning. We always win, baby, as DJ Callard would say. Uh, right, James? I must say, sorry, before we go on, your oh, haircut's looking really nice, man. You know what? I'm not going to lie. I'm feeling it. I'm, I'm mm. not even going to pretend. I'm, I'm feeling it. Like, I do miss the old Teds,
1: though, man. I kind of got used to just seeing... And... and it's kind of like you
0: come on now, you're looking fresh, like you look half the person you were. I'm just bummed, I'm double the man I was. Um, I'm glad it's gone, you know, because it was just irritating. It was like making my forehead spotty. It was just not a good, no, it, was, it, it was not a good look. Right. Fresh, um, baby, fresh. People on Instagram are saying I should have gone out with the boiler man and got smashed. To be honest, yeah, I, I probably should have actually. <laughs> I'd be a lot less stressed if I did. Um, right, so James, we're talking about how to find and manage and manage your emotions with builders. And when I say builders, we mean any trades person, electricians, boiler people, handy people, furniture, you know, anything. When you, we both invest from far, right? Mm -hmm. My first question, because this links from our last episode is, is it easier to, because you have obviously uh, stuff in London, is it easier to find and manage builders that are closer to home? Do you know what? Funny enough for me, no, no, it
1: was actually the opposite way around. It's been more difficult finding someone here in my home turf than it was up in up in the northeast, because obviously you've got to remember in the northeast when you've got a project manager, he's just presenting the best tradespeople to you. So he's done all the work. He's done all the due diligence. He's been around. He's already beat them up on price. He's got the quotes in. And he's just presenting you with, say, three of the good ones, giving you the pros and cons, and you're making a decision. And it can be a snap decision because you know your project manager's done all the monkey work on it already. Now, down here, what I'm finding is I'm finding it a lot tougher because, number one, I've got used to the prices up in the northeast for (laughs) starters. So you automatically think everybody down south is taking the piss out of you when actually they're not. It's just the way it is. You know, little things like, a skip will be 80 quid more. And you're thinking, no, I can't be 80 quid more, man. What the hell? But then you realize, yeah, maybe it is, you know? So I went on compare a There is actually a website called compare a skip and okay. you can just check where skips are, how they're priced in different parts of the country. But, I like it. yeah. And down here, what I found also is cause I'm not doing that much kind of major renovations down here. Oh, well, I tell a lie. I built a house. So I'd say that's pretty major. Um, I'm finding it more difficult to find tradespeople. But one of the things I am doing, I'm actually taking my time a lot more. I'm not jumping into it. And what I, feel, what I mean by that is when you first get into property, you get the property, you've exchanged, you completed, you've got the keys, you're ready to go. You want to start a renovation. You're just rearing to go like, yeah, let's go, let's go. One builder comes in, gives you all the spiel. You have a nice conversation with him. You think he's the, you know, you shit don't stink, he's the greatest. You take him on and, you know, you let emotions take over. You see the happy side, and you don't do anything. You don't go and check his work. He, you don't have any site references. You don't call people up. You don't do your own homework on him because you're just so excited to get on board and start as a property developer, you know. And that's something I'm not doing this time. I'm taking a really big step back this time. And like you know, even say for example with a Sparky, you know, I'm having uh, uh, the house one of the houses completely rewired and uh, data cables running all sorts. I've asked five people to quote on this, five people, whereas James before would have one or two people and think, okay, who's who am I liking? Who am I getting on with here? Who have I got a relationship with and take them on? This time around, I thought to myself, no, I'm not doing that because from past experience, I've actually realized sometimes, you know, the driest tool there in the toolbox you know the person with the least amount of personality is actually the one who's going to deliver the best job because he's so damn focused on what he's doing like i've had builders in the past that will come in and they just say to you say morning to him and they're like oh you know then it's like okay granted he was hungarian so he's having trouble speaking the language but the conversation used to go oh where'd you money and that was it and he did a blinding job we wouldn't exchange much of a conversation you know whereas the guy who quoted previously before him it was like hello mate you're right? let's go and have a quick coffee we'll discuss this and you think i've got a relationship with this guy i can have a conversation with him but sometimes you need to put that completely aside and and take the person on on their merits and their hard work and what they've done and what people are saying about them rather than going with someone just off relationships because People can talk a good talk, man. You just need to have a look around on social. People can say good things and it might not be backed up by anything. So definitely, number one, my advice is when trying to find a builder is take your time, man. There ain't no rush. Waste a couple of weeks going through different tradespeople. Waste a whole month going through tradespeople. I would rather lose one month's worth of finance payments and mortgage payments to ensure the right decisions made rather than jumping into bed with somebody who's just going to, it's going to be painful all the way, man, like serious pain.
0: Yeah, I agree. And actually yesterday I met a builder who was, you know, pretty much silent, was very awkward, was very, you know, and he came recommended from from someone we know, from the electrician that we both know. And, mm-hmm. it, you know, he recommended his work. And and I, and it's one of those things where I was like, me. he was very standoffish. I lost interest in him instantly. Actually, this is different to being, quiet, but, you know, Mina Sparky spoke and he said, well, yeah, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, he's, he's not very good at communicating and he's a bit cold, but he, you know, does a bloody good job and he's just, and it took, you know, him three jobs, three whole jobs to actually warm up and break the ice. But then you always question, well, okay, what if there's an issue on site? What if something, you know, like, how do you decide? Cause yeah, you can go see their work. It can all be good. You can see their pictures. It can all be good. But then you're like, well, I've got the relationship with one. And naturally, like you said, you want to pick that person. But I think it's quite difficult to go against your human instinct to pick the relationship and just go, well, his work was good, but he did. because the quiet person can still be shit. And so it is really, really difficult. And what you said about no rush, you know what I, and I think most of us put that rush and pressure on ourselves. I do all the time, mm-hmm. you know, I'm paying bridging a month, I'm paying an investor, whatever. I'm like, okay every day is x amount of pounds across the whole po- uh, excuse me can we get a builder in but you know what just hearing myself say that annoys me because of what you said which is yeah we'd much rather have a month of bridge payments and a month oh god it's a lot but because you know in the long run if it gets done quickly and they can bish bosh bash then really that month means nothing um and you know, it can be frustrating when you live far from your investment area. You got to keep coming up, keep meeting builders, keep doing it. And you're just like, oh, will someone just do a bloody good job? And will someone just be the right builder? But you know what? It is like dating. It is like finding your life mm-hmm. partner or your JV partner because, you know, they are responsible for your build coming out right. They're responsible for your 10 years of rent. If they do something that leaks, you're paying for it. They're responsible for you paying your investor back because you've got to have a good valuation your builder needs to be your mate, like not your mate, but you need to see them as a, an extension of you as a partner, not just you're a builder. Oh, go do the tools. I'll come back later. You you have to kind of um, have that with them. So I think my, my points echo what you said. um, But the second one is go with gut. You know, you like, for example, some builders will walk in. Mm -hmm. um, Amanda said she only hires hot builders. Excellent. Um very valuable
1: point that.
0: Wow. Yeah, very don't Well um, done, Chalice. Well done. Yep. Well done always always add in always add in value. Um, <laughs> I think <laughs> when you when you meet them, right, like some builders will walk in and they'll just sort of Okay, here's the thing. If you know about construction and you know about refurbs, which I think me and James do, we're not builders, but we know you know I've done fifteen refurbs, and I'm sitting in one, you learn a lot. So when they walk in and say, Oh, that'll cost you a couple quid, that will. <laughs> and you're just like, bruv, you need a fucking paintbrush. Go to Wix. It's ten quid for the paint. Put a brush on it. When you know things like that, you can instantly say, no, no, no. no. See you later, right? So as you learn more and as you understand refurb's more, and things like your, you know, your HMO experience is going to be great for that. Um, and when people come on site with me, you learn these things and you touch the walls and you feel and you understand, like. One of my properties, you walk into it and you think, oh my God, there's so much work to do. It's about a week and a half, two weeks. But I promise you, if you walk into it, you shit yourself, right? You think, what the hell is this? Mm. Some builders will take advantage of that and say, oh, you sound a bit posh. You probably don't know what you're talking about. All right. X, 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 Y, Y for the cost. And it's crazy. Some will walk in and say, who did this before? Oh, I've heard about them. Oh, yeah. One negative review out of a hundred. Yeah. That one negative review, they're really bad. Oh, I want you- and you're like, why are you bad mouthing someone else to win business? Just up mouth yourself or just yeah, like, yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, it's one of these things where follow your gut, but don't follow the emotion of, do I like them? Take it all in a decision. Don't like make a decision there and then don't just say, oh yeah, you know what? I really like you shake on it. Let's do it. No, don't do that. Um, always, always take your time. That's my second tip is follow your gut. And like James said, take your time. James, what's your next tip?
1: You know what? Something else I would I would say as well. There's a fine line between friendship and respect. Now, I always I used to make the the, the kind of telltale mistake of I used to get too friendly with a builder. You know, we may go down a pub on a Friday after site's been signed off, the work's been signed off. And that was totally the wrong thing to do you know, because they get even more relaxed with you, which means it gets even more difficult for you to have an awkward conversation with them when the time arises. So one thing I've learned over the years is I'm very respectful. I will respect the builder, you know, respect his opinion, whatever he says, very kind to him. But one thing I don't do is I will not even go to the extent of having a coffee with my builder or having a beer with my builder, nothing like that. It's strictly, strictly professional because the thing you've got to remember is if you get too pally with them, When it's time to bust his ass and say to him, listen, you've fucked this up. You've done this wrong. You've done this wrong. You're going to find it very difficult to have that conversation, you know, unless you're just a nasty piece of work and you don't care. And you can just have a go at anyone Um, because I found it. I found it very difficult to turn around to the builder and say, listen, man, this is wrong. This is wrong. And even when he would come back with a justification, you'd be like, oh, you know what? I had beers with him last week. Maybe maybe he did. Just it's just a mistake. You know what? I'll cover it you can't keep covering mistakes so keep it strictly professional your builder needs to know from day one these are your expectations so if you say to him listen between the hours of 8 and 5 when you're on site i expect you to answer your phone to me you know if i call you you ring me back if you're up some scaffolding you can't call me back when you get down the scaffolding what i don't want is you ring me back the following day and then you try to say to me you're not a phone person because that's one thing that really used to frustrate me was when I could not get hold of my builder when I wanted to get hold of him. You know, in fact, my builder's laborer, the cheapest person on his team, was our, my, my communication with the builder because the guy was so damn good at communicating. I said to the builder, this guy needs to be your number two, you know, because he, he takes care of the whole project. He tells people what's going on and you use him to shovel shit and bricks out on the site, he should be looking at the plans with you and putting a plan and schedule together because he's so good. But yeah, hot tip number two: do not get into a friendly relationship with your builder. It's an absolute no-no for me because this is where they'll take the piss. You'll find it difficult to rein them in, and you know it, when there's awkward conversations to have, it's going to get very very difficult. I've made that mistake many a times. When oh right mate, let's have a couple of beers, let's do this, do
0: that. No 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 way, never again. I agree. I think, yeah, it's a great point. And, you know, obviously with builders, it changes some builders. It'll be so professional. Some, there'll be a little bit of chat, you know, just like you said, being nice, being respectful, having a bit of, you know, a chat on site when you're on the phone. Oh, how, how's your daughter? Yeah. Cool. cool okay. Yeah. Cool. Business. Um, one thing I learned actually from D Ludlow, big up um, man like D um, I kind of said to him, mate, you know, is the way I write things not conducive to a good relationship with the builder? And he said, you know what? Yes. Sometimes the way you can type things on WhatsApp um, doesn't come across sort of friendly. And it might just be direct, which maybe in London or somewhere else, it would kind of be normal. And Dee said, actually, you know, I think if you just add a bit more, hey, how are you? You know, just two extra words to the way you communicate, it would actually make a huge difference as to how they view you. Because around here, they want to be a little bit pally pally. You know what I mean? They want you, oh, mate, you know what? I'm not really happy with this. I expected better from you. You know, you're really passionate about building and I'm disappointed that your passion hasn't translated into this project. That stuff like that is so key to communication. I found anyway with certain builders, because if you just say this is shit, this is wrong, which I am thinking and my face is saying it, 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 they're not going to be receptive necessarily. But if you say, hold on a minute, the last project we did was such good quality what's this all about? You know, come on, come on, Dave. I, and it, you know what? As soon as D told me that and I put it into play properly, pff, magic, magic. But another tip to add, I'm actually going to read this straight from my book, which is coming out. If you want to be on the waiting list, send me a DM. I'll send you the list. Um, where do you find good builders? James, I'm just going to rattle through a list of them. Um, you got checker trade, my builder, trust a trader, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you can search Google for their websites and for their sort of presence, which is probably not going to be that good seeing as most will have a Gmail. And, you know, even on their vans, they'll have all this branding and it will be Dave, the builder at Gmail. It's like, bro, that's, that's like, you've done everything but that, um, local trade counters, magnet, Juicens, howdens, yeah. selco. Hey, who do you know does good work? Have you seen their work? Okay. Well, I'll take a card anyway. have a chat with them. Um, Facebook business pages, depending on where you invest, Facebook business is basically like a website for builders. It's kind of the thing they use because it's more community focused, you know, especially in the north and places like that where you know people are more on Facebook and they're stronger communities. Facebook business pages are great. There's also reviews there. Um networking events, you know, I mean you will meet some at networking events. Uh I know, for example, some of my team are gonna start going to networking events. Um, I know the electrician, we both know Andrew, we met him on Instagram. So some are on social media to an extent. But I reckon if, if a builder's on Instagram, I reckon they're really expensive. That's just my theory. I reckon because they're smart enough to do the branding, hopefully they're smart enough to match the quality of their work with that. I have a feeling they're going to be more expensive, but it's, it's worth a look anyway, right? Um,
1: I don't know if site, I agree with
0: that, man. I uh, yeah, I so far the only. I mean, look, look. I'll give you an example.
1: Mm-hmm. You're on Instagram. Your branding's on point, but you're a through and through tight ass.
0: <laughs> well, I'm not a builder, am I? But I'm glad you had to use the opportunity, James. <laughs> good, good. I'm gonna get you back. Don't you worry. Um, when there's active sites in your area and you see scaffolding and and people there, yeah, that's a good one. Walk in, just have a chat. You. Yeah, yeah. Just say, you know, hey lads, can I have a look? Most probably like, oh, who are you, have. But it's worth just doing it, you know, especially because you can see the quality of work. You can see how tidy the site is. And you can see, like, are you lot sort of pissing everywhere in bottles? Are you are you hiding damp? <laughs> you know, what are you, what are you pissing doing? Pissing
1: in bottles everywhere.
0: Yeah, I've, I've had that, mate. Someone you went serious? on site. Yep, someone went on site and was like, Tez, this stinks. And I said to the main builder, you better go to that fucking house. And your lad, it's the lad who stole the boiler, long story from last week. It was basically him. And I said, you better get that bottle. You better fucking get rid of it because I ain't coming into no stanky house yet. I've got PPE on. I hear for no stank, boy. Um, <laughs> recommendations and referrals. Look, most, well, if you're buying at scale and you're buying at speed, you're not going to recommend your build team. I'm not going to. James ain't going to, because mm. why would we? It doesn't make sense. You keep but, them for yourself, don't you? But if you're a sourcer, if you're someone who buys one every few months, or if you're someone who's well-connected, or you're a, for example, if you're a Sparky or a gas engineer you know people or you have mates who are trades because you are as well, ask them, you know, I've got rubbish cleared from my house that would have cost two grand. I got it for a grand because of my gas engineer. Um, I've had various bits and bobs done because, Oh, I grew up with X, Y, Z or my girlfriend's dad is a groundworks engineer who does a thousand sites a year. Do you want him to come look at your shitty 40 grand house drain? Yes, please. Okay. he will come and look at it just because of recommendations and referrals. And, People don't know who they know until you say, do you know, a, I need a something. Um, It works. So that's just a quick list.
1: Um, You know, this is a prime example of something we discussed weeks ago where you, where we talked about telling people what you do, tell people what you do Mm. all the time, no matter where you go, because people will remember, oh yeah, Ted, that guy who does renovations and they make mental notes of, you know, you might have a builder out there looking for a job and they make these connections and they put people your way. So We've said it before, tell people what you do wherever you go because, again, people will link you to certain
0: trades when you need them. Uh, Also remember recommendations. The person who's recommending them, you know, they, they need to be like sort of not an idiot. You know, they have to know that their person's work is good. Preferably, they have to have worked with them before, preferably on multiple projects, not always possible, but you don't just want someone who, which you see a load on Facebook, Anyone need a builder? Yep, at building.com. And you're like, have you used them before? No. Are they good? Well, they've got a great reputation. That's not a recommendation or a referral. That's just, I'm getting paid for this. So Mm. here's their details. You know, my solicitors, I've used them seven times on one and the other one I've used like 10 or 12 times. So when I refer them, I know what I'm referring, right? And the same with other people that I refer. So, you know, I think like, you know, you really have to look at who's referring, which we don't do enough of, I don't think. James, mm-hmm. so I think we've, we've given some tips on, we've given a, mi- a mixture of tips, but I think we've covered how to find them. Now, when you've found, let's say you've got 10 builders, right? You looked online, they got decent sort of reviews. They seem okay. They've come referred. What would be your next step to vetting them? And like, so you've got 10 builders, you think, eh, okay, what would you do next?
1: I've, straight away number one i'd ask for uh, references so i want five references um and you're randomly going to contact whoever you want out of there you can't say to the guy the builder can't just provide you with one reference and say there you go there's my mate johnny go and speak to johnny he'll sort yeah because chances are he could prep them up and you know tell them what to say now one thing my very good builder did was he gave me five references five telephone numbers. And he said, look, I've done work for these guys. Call them. Do what you need to do. I'm confident that I've done a great job for them. And you know what? Straight away, when he provided that information to me, you think to yourself, okay, he is confident in his own self to give me five good references. Now, they were major works, you know, a block of 24 flats. There was um, a couple of double extensions. There was some house renovation projects. And then there was even little stuff like where he's gone in and changed a couple of bathrooms. Now, Every single person that I rang didn't have one bad word to say about him. In fact, I think that a couple of people said that, you know what, he's so good and so accommodating that we're the problem to him because we're constantly changing the plans, but he's so accommodating to us. So getting a reference like that straight away put my mind at ease. And I think one of the biggest things he did was he provided me with a reference of a guy in Dubai who builds massive buildings here, you know, like 24 blacks, 32 blocks and, you know, the guy had nothing but great things to say about this builder. You know, he made it clear to me. He goes, look, his communication is very, very poor. Like, he will not answer his phone, which is very, very annoying for me. Or he will come back to you days later. He goes, but you've got to remember, he's a fantastic builder. So, number one, get references from him. Number two, ask for three sites that you can go and visit. Now, it's great going to visit a site because you get to see the work physically up in front of you. Now... I've said this before, I've been on a couple of HMO days before where pictures look great, man, houses look fantastic in pictures, but when you get on site and you see this and you think, damn, fucking somebody painted that wall with a toothbrush, you know, or who cut that in with a spoon? You're looking at it, you're thinking, nah, man, you see this on the internet and it's glossy, it looks so good, you think, what an A1 product, you get around there and you think, man, who did the silicon in the bathrooms there? Or who did this? Who did that? So definitely, definitely do a site visit because you can see stuff. You can see how well a wall's been plastered. You know, plasters take pride in their plastering. Now, if it's a shit plasterer, they're gonna, you're going to see patches where they sanded bits down, where they've had to put chunks in afterwards, or you've got bits of... What I can't stand is when you've got thick bits of plaster on a nice wall where somebody hasn't bothered to scrape away a bit of plaster that's fallen when they're doing the ceiling. You know, little shit like that. That mm-hmm. will help you realize. And I think another, one of my biggest questions I ask is how clean and tidy is this builder on site? Because you need someone who's tidy, man, because if your builder's not tidy, your site is going to be a flipping bomb site. So they're yeah. the three things
0: that I would do straight away once I've narrowed somebody down. I agree. And I think for me, there's a set of questions, which again, I'm taking from my book here that I always ask trades people um i think the first one is quite a nice conversation starter is how long have you been in the business you know because i've never met anyone who's you know been in it only a few years most people it's x number of years so i'm kind of checking for okay are you experienced cool um i would say one thing i always ask actually is how many trades people do you have like on your payroll working for you sort of all the time the most common number i've heard is like 10 or 15 now it's not a problem if they have less, but I met someone who said they had three and I said, okay, you've got three projects at the moment. You've got three lads working under you and you want to take on this job. How are you, how are you going to balance it? Right? Because what you're doing is you're setting them up. It's a leading question, you know, like in a court of law, I'm leading them to then pick further at them, um, which is not a bad thing. Most of them will have a set response. Like, you know, we, we sort of swell, and grow depending on how many jobs we have but also it's in stages once the plaster has been in to one house goes to another house goes to another house comes to yours and then of course there's three days drying time so the carpenter might come in and then so they kind of explain it to you but don't be kind of like i met one yesterday who was, who was self-admittedly arrogant which which did annoy me because i was like okay well you and me are not going to get on then because like you're not the boss of this project and you're going to act like one but you're not um and he was like i was like so how are you going to balance this he's like we will I always balance it. I always want more jobs. I was like, cool. Thanks for your explanation. I totally understand how you're going to balance it. So you really need to, to kind of get like a, a tangible answer that you can understand and say, yeah, that makes sense. You know, the, the cycles um, that make sense. I always like to ask, have you ever been kicked off or walked off a project? That's always, I mean, look, they're never going to say, Oh yes, I have. Are they really? But you when they lie their face, yeah. When there's micro expressions, you're gonna know. Um and if they've walked off a project, I always like to know that because some are like, yeah, well, I got bored, yeah, I didn't like the client. But then some are like, look, they'd stop paying us. And I was like, fine. And you can delve a bit deeper. Um, you know, tell me about a time you you fell fell out with a client. Tell me about a time that you had a difficult client and it, it didn't work out. What made them difficult? What do you like work like what do you like when you work with people and what do you dislike about like working with people? Um, how can I make your life less easier? You know, would you accept a discount on all your work? If you know, I'm going to be giving you two properties a month, you know, ask these kind of questions and will you work Mm. under a contract with me? You know, it doesn't have to be a JCT. It can be a minor work schedule, can be emails, can be just literally a contract, you know, um, stage payments. I don't pay anything upfront. I say, look, if you're getting materials and you're doing work for the first few days, you can invoice me daily. I'll pay you daily once you show me pictures of the work you've done. I never pay anything upfront, um, especially not something like twenty percent. That's just my view. Especially not with new builders. I'm like, oh, well, why should I trust you? I know why should you trust me, but why should I trust you? Mm. So you know that that can put certain builders off. But I say, look, mate, I will literally pay you within an hour of seeing the pictures for the first, you know, four days until you know we're both good for it, and then carry on from it. So. Yeah. I think there's a few questions you need to ask. And look, if they're being annoying at this stage, they're not interested in asking about, they're not interested in answering the questions, then, you know, you have to kind of maybe think, well, are you someone, and again, this goes back to James's first point. Are you someone I want to work with, but also are you just a bit awkward, you know, but actually you could be really good. And how do you know that? It's, it's difficult. I can't even think of a way of of knowing apart from recommendations, seeing their work, um, and maybe getting them started on a small job. Usually I don't give a new builder a full job. Well, I haven't before, I don't think. Um, M7 says, where do you have these conversations, on site or over coffee? So me and James never go for coffee with builders. Um, we would have it on site or on the phone. Um, James, when you are assessing a builder's work, so we've found them, we've mm-hmm. spoken to them, we've narrowed that 10 down to, say, five or six, maybe with these questions, or you've looked at their work, or whichever order, I would ask the questions first, then go look at their work, because it will filter people easily. When you were looking at another builder's work, like, talk to me, you know, walk through a house with us, what things are you looking for to assess their quality in a finished house?
1: Okay, so... Number one, I'm looking at the outside of the house. If works have been done to the outside of the house, I want to know how well they've been done. You know, little things like window fascia boards, have they been fitted properly or are there gaps between the window fascia boards and where the window meets? Really annoying shit like that because it just shows that they've cut corners, they've quickly cut a piece of wood, put it in. If they have skimmed the front of the house where you've got, say, a concrete or K-render coming off of the trail, have they left it on part of a ceiling? Have they left it lying around with bits that have come off? Or have they actually gone to the extent of cleaning up the front of the property properly? When they're painting windows, say they're wooden windows, has stuff been masked off? Is there paint on the glass? Little things like that are telling me straight away, are they lazy? Do they care about their job? Um, That will be the telltale signs I'm looking at to begin with. A gate, has a gate been fitted properly? Is the gate shaky? Is the post that the gate's on shaky? You know, is it moving? Does it close properly? Things like that. How smooth is it opening? Is it making a creaking noise? I know it's, it's overboard, but all these things, you're making a judgment before you've even walked inside of the house. You know, then you're walking into the house. If it's got, if it's got laminate flooring in it, how well has it been fitted? You know, you can check. How well has it been uh, where it meets, say, the skirting board or where it needs to be chopped in to accommodate pipes or certain things? Has it been done properly or has somebody just hacked it quickly? You know, uh, you're looking at the skirting boards where the skirting boards have been fitted. Have they used some je- decorator's chalk on the top where you're going to get an expansion gap over time? You know, how well has it been fitted? Can you still see the nails, or have the nails been put in and, you know, covered over with filler and painted? If there's wallpaper, how well has the wallpaper been fitted? How well are the joints? Little things like this, man. You walk around, you make an assessment because that shows you. I always find if they've cut corners on tiny little things that you can see what the hell do you think they've done behind walls that you can't see, you know? Mm. If you can see it and it looks shit, what's it look like where you can't see it, where they've covered it with plasterboards, where they're supposed to build a false wall, where there's piping running underneath? How have they joined the pipes together? Are they going to leak over time? Have they soldered bits together properly? And telltale signs, number one, you'll be able to see it on the finish. If the finish is shit, I would, I would kind of be a little bit sceptical that things underneath floorboards or behind walls are going to be... Worse. So for me they're they're massive, massive signs that I'm constantly judging on. You walk into the bathroom, how well's the silicone been done? You know, that's number one. How well's the grouting been done? How well have the tiles been fitted? Are is there is there an equal gap between all tiles? Have they used spacers between tiles or have they been cheap and used bloody matchsticks? You know, I've seen someone use matchsticks before because they don't want to pay for a bag of tile spacers. You know, stupid shit like that. Have they cleaned the grout off the tiles in time or are the tiles now stained because they've left the grout on there too long? You know, they, these are little things that come with experience, but it's just, you know, I think I think you can tell when something's been finished so nicely because you look at it and you think, wow, there's been some attention to detail here. If there's attention to detail on the finishing, I think you can rest assured that underneath um, underneath all the, glitzy glitzy stuff everything's nice as well so for me that's the first assessment I make and then obviously even bigger than that is speaking to the owner of the house ask them what's your experience been like what's been your pain points with this builder what's really really pissed you off with him and mate I tell you what no matter how many good things there are a homeowner or a bill payer is going to remember what really annoyed him and he's going to tell you those there could be 200 good things And three bad things. They'll tell you the three bad things before they go on to the good things. And you'll always get an honest opinion because, like you said, Ted, there's emotions involved. People have emotions when they deal with money, when they have work done. And any human being, if they can avoid another human being being stitched up or getting ripped off, they're going to try and save you from – you're not going to purposely throw someone in a fire pit, are you? You know, unless you're a nutter. But, you know, yeah. (laughs) so – the homeowner, or you know, the person who owns the property, is going to try and save you a lot of pain by giving you an honest opinion. So they're they're yeah. the kind of telltale signs I would look for. I know I know some of them are stupid, but I think you know it it, it kind of puts your mind at ease.
0: It it does, and you know what? Like I think once you see, and this is the, I guess the importance with networking and seeing other investors' houses when they're finished or even going to see, you know, new builds just for the sake of understanding what, I'm not saying they're high-end finishes or they're good, I mean, there's plenty of scandals there, but at least to go and see what a good finish looks like um, in a kind of show home and something like that because you need to know what your end product should look like, you know, because it's easy to say, well, that wall's a bit rough and then to say, oh, yeah, it's because of the um, the old sander. Yeah, it's just blah, blah, blah. And you're like, oh... Swear down. oh cool, but that's obviously not the case, so you need to know what the end product should look like and obviously the more refurb you do the more you walk in like when I walked into my um, bicycle like yesterday I was like, this is crispy this is this is nice you know it's very it, it's done well you know the kitchens fitted nice Every, everything was good silicon was good and you just know um and chalice said here what they also ask what neighbors ask what neighbors ask the neighbors what they say um she said one neighbor wrote her a letter saying they would smoke on the doorstep and make comments to passerbys wow um (laughs) d says james is a builder's worst nightmare ella would you speak to them on the phone first or drive up on the phone always um df jones will come back to your question um i think other things to kind of notice when you when you go on site is as well as using your eyes like smell does it smell damp Mm -hmm um touch is the is the plaster smooth um the tiles are they level have they been put adhesive at the back i've had it before but they haven't used adhesive they're just i don't know what they've done and it was like this is not right um <laughs> but it paint you know is it evenly covered? how did
1: they hang them without the adhesive what it was
0: like no i think they dot and dabbed oh it and, and
1: dabbed it okay
0: and then then filled it all with grout like somehow and then it wasn't even to the wall. It was to some, oh, it was just, it was weird. Man, I don't even know. Um, check the boiler fitting, you know, is it fitted how the manuf- manufacturer would kind of suggest it? Is it neat? Is it tidy? Is there an electrical socket next to the shower? Obviously there's a problem unless it's an electric you know, shower. Um, like, you know, is everything safe? And it has everything been done with common sense, but doors, doors are one thing, which I probably fucking not done here, but, do they? If, if a door has three holes at the top bracket and three holes at the bottom, how many screws does it need? Three yeah, and three. Yeah, yeah. So many times people <laughs> will just put one in just because it makes the door easier, but that's not that's not the manufacturer's instructions. That's not how it's supposed to be fitted. Um, carpet. Walk on it with your socks. Have they just left nails underneath? Have they left shit underneath? Um, but you know what? Just to caveat what we've both said, if you walk in and the builder has covered up damp, or they've done things, and you think, "What the hell is that?" You need to ask them. And again, they can lie, but say, "You know, so you are covering up the damp, or what? Or like, did you know there's damp here?" Lead, lead, make do a leading question, because sometimes they'll say, "The client told us they're an investor. They had this budget, and mm-hmm. you know, they told us to do it up, and we don't like doing that, but." we did it up and again detect if they're lying because you know you can't blame them necessarily if the client has said you know um we were told you know if the client has said do this i don't care you know like, and i actually met a builder who was telling me about a sourcing company and he was but he, he left working with them because he said they would source deals and train people how to source deals and the refurb would be 10 grand 15 grand but when the builder got on site and he's not expensive he was like this is 30 grand. Every wall is damp. Every wall has issues. But they would say, nope, you've got 10 grand to do it. Just build a stud in front of it. Whatever. Just just get it done. We've told the the clients who are buying the deals that wow. this is the budget and it has to work. Because, of course, if it didn't work, all their deals would be shit, which they are. Um, and it's also... Name and shame, them. No, nah, I can't because uh, I don't, don't want to get because it it's, it's, it's libel or, or slander because I have no evidence. Well, I do have evidence, but anyways. Um, and... Then also they train people. So of course, if their deals were shit, they couldn't train people. And he was saying, Yeah. I know someone else who also worked for them who said the same thing. So it's interesting. Um, the things you learn actually from speaking from speaking to builders, just as an as an aside. Amanda, who listen, one of my houses has had six coats of paint, right? It's had four leyland underneath, and it's had two Dulux because the walls just kept taking it in freshly plastered so yeah sometimes you have a lot of coats of paint james when it comes to the next stage right we're taking everyone through the the journey um appointing a builder what things are key for you when you've chosen right i'm going with you what kind of things would you put in place before you kind of start uh
1: straight away i would be doing a um I would be checking them out on company's house, making sure they're not associated to any kind of winding up petitions or they're being made bankrupt by any suppliers because that's uh you know that's a telltale sign of a bad builder who's fucked up an old job. So do all my company's house checks. I would I credit check my builders as well. I will credit oh. check my builder. I will also go to the extent of asking my builder for um last two months of his bank statement because I want to see how he's been trading. Especially oh. if it's a big job. If you've got a big job where you're building a house. You want to know how has he been cash flowing his previous job? Has he been getting large payments in from a customer and then cash flowing a previous job? A bank statement can tell you a lot about a person, man. You can see their habits, the way they trade, the way they do things. Don't be afraid to ask him. You know, if it's perfectly legitimate, he'll be very happy to share that bank statement with you. And in fact, sit down and talk you through it and just say to you, okay, this is this, this is that. If you're spending two hundred grand with someone, man, you want to know that you're protected. Don't, don't be afraid to ask for it. No question is a rude question. You're paying them that kind of money. Once, uh, once you've done all these checks, obviously you need a contract. Yeah, I don't care what anybody says. No matter how, you know, your builder could be your dad, your uncle. When shit goes wrong, the only thing you've got in the court of law is facts. Emotions don't come into it. You can't go in front of a judge and say, Oh, Mr. Judge, he upset me. He upset me. Can I do him for this? No, it's all factual. Emotions need to be left at the door. So make sure you've got a solid contract. You know, a contract that lists, even if it's a piece of paper, like you said, Ted, you know, with an email that say, do, 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 I agree to this sign here. You know, you've got something kind of contract your agreement. Now, I always, I've made this mistake in the past where I haven't had a solid tight contract. Now, I won't go forward until everything is signed off. We know where we stand if shit hits the fan. So it doesn't have to be a JCT contract unless it's a major project. You could get, um, you know, places like the Law Depot where you can pay them, I think, um, nine or 10 pounds and you can produce a contract and you just put all the information in there and it spits out a proper kind of legal looking contract for you. And it's run by a law firm. So it's a solid contract. I think then the next stage is making sure they know what your expectations are for payments because builders get really fucked off when they're paid late. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really, really annoyed when they're paid late. So manage your expectations with them. Say to them, right. Okay. In order for you to get paid on this day, I need to have seen, like you said, this, 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 and this. Or you say to them, I'm not paying you up in advance. I'm paying you once the work's done. Make sure they know that from day one. And also make sure they know that if they get towards the end of the project and they run out of money, what's going to happen? You ain't there to dip into your pocket and help them out. If they've quoted you a certain price, make sure... I know we all like to beat builders up on prices, yeah, all the time. But sometimes it's best to just ask the builder straight off. If he's quoted, you say, £120,000 for a job, say to him, look... Are you 100% sure this is what it's going to cost? Because if it's going to cost 125, 127, let's talk about it now. Don't just wipe off seven grand and think you're going to save it somewhere down the line because ultimately it's going to affect you. It's not going to affect him because he's going to come to you like this and say, Well, James, I've run out of money. I can't finish the bathroom. I can't do this. And you're going to look at him. He's going to look at you. You don't want him to walk off of sight. You're so close to finishing, you end up dipping your hand in your pocket to get it done. So always make sure the quote that you've got is realistic, yeah? A great way of doing this is uh, people like um, Jusons run a build aviation where you pay them four or 500 quid, and they will cost your job for you based on their cost of materials. So it gives you a good ballpark on where you need to be. So if they say to you it's 122 grand, you know your builder's ch- quoted you 110. There's a bit of a difference there. So make sure, my my other tip is to make sure you know it's a realistic quote. Um, And obviously, before you get started, every builder will tell you, I need a deposit. No, that's not the, you don't have to give a builder a deposit anymore. You can tell him to do one. He should have enough money in his bank account to cash flow your job for at least the first month, I would say, easily. If not, there's something wrong there. If he's asking you for like seven or 800 pounds just to get started, no, I ain't paying you. Cause I've done that in the past and um, it's not, it's not really worked out very nice for me.
0: Yeah, I agree. Great points. Um, I think just to maybe give people a quick list, you need a schedule of works to detail what's being done and the price. You need a payment schedule, which, you know, is in line with the work schedule, like a Gantt chart saying this week, this will be done this week. This will be done. And of course it lines up with the invoices. Um, you need works agreed in a contract or very clear emails, um, You need to decide who is sourcing the swag you know are you gonna get the kitchen delivered are you getting the bathroom delivered how is it working between you both you know do they have permission when they buy doors to choose the handles i would say no because they normally choose ugly handles um little things like that just sort of and on your first refurb you're probably going to forget something like the door handle you know but just try and get everything in writing Uh, literally look around your own house and say right okay the, you know, these bits and bobs, the sockets, I'm picky on my sockets. I usually don't let them choose. I want a nice rounded satin white ones. So I'll, I'll pick those. And they know that um, agree up front that 10, 20% of the final payment is held until it's been snagged by a human, whether it's you, whether it's a friend, whether it's whoever, you're not getting that until it's been snagged um, proof of their public, I believe it's public liability and or public indemnity insurance basically to protect from accidents and stuff on site. It's important to have that. Um, James, once you've appointed a builder, because I know we're running out of time, um, and they've started, mm-hmm. let me run through some of my top tips for managing a builder. And you you add some flesh to these once I go through them. So um, I think we've covered actually quite a few. Understand and clarify their communication techniques. If, Like me and my builder don't talk on the phone unless... There's a problem or unless I need them urgently, we send videos, we send pictures, we um, send texts. He likes typing. He like, he likes that. That's his communication technique. And I'm cool with that. So, but I know if I need to pick up the phone, he will pick it up. So I know that's his style. He prefers text over voice notes as well. So I will do it to make it easier, right? Because I know he's physically on site doing stuff. Um, I think when you're managing them, you need to show that you trust them because what builders hate what I found anyway is when you don't trust them, except most of the ones you kick off about trust are the ones you shouldn't trust. Um, you know, those ones who get really defensive about something It's like, well, you clearly do that, you know, like when racists get defensive about stuff. So like just, you know, trust them and show them that, but also like James said, show them professionally that you're paying the bills, you're the boss and it has to be to your standard, not Mm -hmm. some other random person. Um, uh, ask their opinion on it, you know, like, you know, if you not about style necessarily, but if you're sort of doing something, so, you know, what do you think we should do here? You know, what other way of is doing this? Do we need wooden stud walls? Can't we use the metal? You know, what, what's your view on this? Is there a better way to do this? Um, certain tradespeople need to be registered, Corgi for gas engineers, and there's a few different ones for electricians. So check, check these things before you start. But you may get them in at later stages. So James, do you have any other tips um, apart from, I guess, the obvious, you know, relationship focusness of managing? You know what, when I say managing, I don't know if I mean project manager. Answer it how you wish. Answer it how you want. Um, I think the only other
1: tip I would have is I've known certain people who have taken on quite large projects and they forced their builder to use a particular software. So they've said, look, this is how we manage our build. I expect you to have this installed on your phone so that they can reference in when they need them to do certain things. You know, maybe something like Asana or Trello. Uh, I've known people that have said to the builder, look, you need to install Trello on your phone or you need to be having an account on Trello so we can reference things to you. I think it's a great thing, like you said, about not everyone is going to communicate in a certain way. Certain builders don't want to use their phone during the day because they're up, they're working. And look, we all know what a distraction a phone can be. So if a builder turns around and says to you, look, between these hours, you can't get me on the phone. If it's absolutely flipping life critical, then phone me. So respect how they, you know, respect how they communicate. Obviously, you'll be able to tell the ones that are taking the piss um, and the ones that are actually legitimate. If he wants to come back to you of an evening once he's finished and talk to you and give you a recap, respect that. And like you said, trust him. You don't have to be on site every flipping two minutes going there and saying, look, uh, what's going on? What's this? What's this? What's this? Don't question everything. But also on the flip side, don't leave anything to assumption because assumption is the worst thing in a build when you just assume your builder's going to know what you're thinking because he's not inside your head. You need to make it clear, you know, treat him, treat it like it's stupid. Tell him, you need to say to him, okay, this needs to go three centimeters from here, five centimeters from here and make sure he understands because his way of thinking is going to be different to yours. So assumption is another big thing. Don't leave anything to assumption.
0: Yeah, I agree. So I think we've kind of covered... You know, where to find builders, how to find them, and vet them. Um, we've got quite a few questions actually, so this is gonna be a longer podcast. Um let's maybe go to the end of a refurb, which is very important, which you call snagging. Um you know, with snagging, you need to create a checklist. Now I send it to my builder and I say, you better check this, but I know, you know, it's like when you okay, when you're writing a book or doing a piece of work and you try and edit it it's kind of like it's already so ingrained in your mind. You miss things. You miss spelling mistakes. You miss grammatical errors because it's just normal, right? Like, you know, like like when you drive sometimes on autopilot and you're like, oh, fuck, I just got here without even thinking about it. It's the same thing. And so, like, you kind of need someone externally to do it. But have a list, send it to them, keep it for yourself um, and send it to people who are going to snag for you. Now, this list contains everything from... um you know, is the socket tidy? I was just looking at, is the socket tidy? Has it got paint on it? Does it work? Is it really stiff? It, does, it, does it make the light work that it's supposed to? And the kitchen, are they all soft closed as they should be? Are they all lined up? You know, are, are they symmetrical? Um, do they close? Do they open? Um, inside, you know, can things be moved around or are they secured down properly? Um, are there unsightly screws? Listen, here's a top tip. Open the drawers and the cupboards of the kitchen and I swear builders leave their shit in it.
1: Yeah. I'm like, what
0: am I doing with a hundred screws, bruv? What am I doing with this? I have no use for these. Remove. So little things like that, you need to snag. And like, you know... Sorry, just quickly, before, is Instagram going to cut
1: off soon? In two minutes. Yeah, so listen, everyone on Instagram, if you want to register for that HMO experience, just send me a DM and send me your details and I'll let you know more about it. So it's going to be a five-day thing over a period of time uh, over in London where you get to get go through the whole process of a HMO from day one to it being staged and finished. So, yeah, send me a DM on that
0: before this thing cuts out. Don't send me a DM, James only, please. He's responsible for this. Um, <laughs> but you can DM me otherwise if you like. Say hi. Um, yeah, so make sure your snagging list is literally – imagine you're going to move in or you're buying the house – Everything the window reveals, you know, are they clean once it's been cleaned? Do the do the windows open of all functions? Um You know what's
1: really good everything. about snag list as well is Tedge If your snag list is massive and you've picked up on everything, your builder knows what to expect next time. <laughs> you know, yeah. he knows exactly okay, tedge is gonna pick up on this, he's gonna pick up on this, he's gonna pick up on this. I better not cut corners. A great snag list. I think, I think the longer the snag list is on the first project you do with a builder, the better it is because the builder now knows on the second project, I can't get away with this. I can't get away with this. I can't get away with this. I have to make sure I'm doing shit properly. So snag lists, I think they're great. And my <laughs> snag lists are
0: always five or six pages long. <laughs> Respect. Um, someone said, "What snagging? We said before snagging is the last thing you do when the project is finished. According to the builder, you go in and make sure that it is ready to be let, and it looks good, and there's no damp, and it you just you basically just get it ready to go. Right, Instagram, uh, it's going to log off in 20 seconds, and the, people have asked loads of questions on IG, but we're not going to get to answer them because it's going to end. That's why you'll need to come on Zoom. Um, so those on Zoom, should we go through some questions, James? Are, we, are you are you happy yeah. that we've covered everything we want to cover? Mm-hmm. Oh, managing emotions. Um, no tips. Oh, good that's luck. A big it's one. Fucking, No tips. Yeah, good. that's, good that's luck. a good one, man good luck deep breathing um substances fruit no you know vegetables. what Tej, i think that that is a big one you know managing your emotions is because Should we cover that and then a separate one just generally co- managing emotions in property Yeah. okay okay Let, let's do that one that'll be a different one but then let's take questions from people but yeah you need you need god's blessing to deal with builders basically um <laughs> More lots than of, that. yeah lots of fruit and veg and lots of exercise and lots of um Ibuprofen for the headaches that are going to come. Right. Uh, says Good builders can be very expensive. Bad ones are cheaper. How do you find the best value for money builder? Um, also, when you price your refurbs, do you wait for builder quotes before buying the property? Or do you put an estimate on them by, then find a builder afterwards and hope that it matches up? Um, best value for money builder? James, what's, what's, your, what's your answer on that?
1: I would I would always secure my deal first. I would never rely on a builder to come and price something for you and you're making a decision to buy something. It doesn't work like that, man. Hell no, because you could lose a deal by the time a builder comes back to you with a quote. So always secure your deal first. And... um, um, with the builder, you can, you're, once you've got the deal there, once you've got the property, in fact, the builder's probably going to be more committed to quoting to you once you've got the property because they know you've secured it and you're not wasting their time, whereas a lot of builders don't really want to come around and give you a quote until they know there's some kind of security from there. Because I get it all the time. They say, oh, do you own the site then? Is the project live to go? Have the plans been approved? They ask you certain questions because they don't want to waste their time equally.
0: Yeah, um, exactly the same. I think after a few refurbs and also when you learn to price up refurbs, which is a different thing in itself, you, you're you going to be right. You know, you're going to cover most things. Of course, once you take the walls off, um, then all oh, people are joining from Instagram. Once you take the, um, the walls off, you're going to find damp. You're going to find problems. You're going to find all sorts of shit that, you know, you didn't price for, but your contingency will price for. So for me personally, with most of my refurbs, I have been accurate to within including contingency, accurate to within about 10%, maybe a little bit less. Some have gone way over because of things that were unforeseen. What, what do you set your contingency at? In my spreadsheet, it's 10%. But yeah. when I do my sums, and if you ever watch me do it, I'll be like, okay, uh, 1,600 for a painting, 1,200 for carpets, and then 400 for something. Uh, 2,500 rewire, mm, 200 for something like I will just chuck in stuff cuz I know that something's coming <laughs> some and I, so so actually before I even get to contingency I've put pro- probably my contingency is 15 20% when you think about it mm. but my, my mind just works like I need it to be 10% but within that price like if you said to me Ted what does that stand for i would be like something I'm telling you it's going to be spent <laughs> yeah yeah basically is going to be spent um and so, yeah. you know what,
1: don't be don't be stupid people, you know, always put a contingency there. Don't think that you're not gonna need it because there will always be something it. that comes up. And you know what? If you're one of the lucky few where you don't need it, happy days. You've got a ten percent extra or fifteen percent extra, but always factor that
0: contingency in with your builder. I think across fifteen projects we've used contingency twelve times probably. Um, there you go there, you there go. we go so really can, and on my spreadsheet contingency counts towards money left in and it does on our property duo one as well so mm-hmm. it's not going to affect you because it's already kind of um, cut in um, Safe likes to see a site during rip out during a build and close to finishing cleanliness is a huge thing uh, Amadit uses a checker trade on my builder for smaller projects not bigger ones Gurjeet um, says do you ever split the works out and give them to separate trades and I think Ella asked this on IG as well or do you go to an all-in-one builder? Would the decision be different if the property was in your hometown? I'll answer first. And, uh, I would don't split the works out. I'm considering it at the moment because I have enough people locally to check on things and you know stuff that I might just get a plaster in because I've got a bitty job that he's doing. Um, generally, no, I go for a master builder who has all the lads underneath them and does what they need to do. Um, if it was in my hometown, potentially I would spit split it but i also can't be bothered to manage um my electrician and um my gas engineer are separate and so is my carpet fitter but you know they just get along with the builders and they work it out but all the building work is one master builder for me james uh, uh with my stuff in the northeast i got a project manager
1: so he does everything he doesn't have a master builder he brings in all the trades himself as and when he needs them and that's why he's always below budget because you know He can bring in several people to quote for a job and you're not just stuck with one master builder. HMO in London, I'm actually going to manage that one myself because I want to bring in separate tradespeople because I know what's going to happen here in London. You take on a master builder, he's going to have a nice 15, 20 grand on it as a juicy bonus for himself. And then he's going to have like, you know, 15 to 20% skimming off the materials as well. And it
0: all adds up. Yeah. Interesting about material costs. My builder doesn't charge me for, it doesn't put any margin on materials. I don't know if it's normal or not normal, but he just says they're at cost. And I see see the receipts as well. So that's an interesting point actually to ask your builder, are you adding and say to them, look, you know, it's cool. If you are just, are you going to add some skim to the materials? Because it can make a big difference. Yeah. Some of them will
1: do it because they go and pick up the material. They got to bring it to site. They got to unload it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Which, you know, it's fair enough. But if you're ordering a lot of the stuff, toilet, blah, 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 then you're like, it's not happening. Um, Cool. It's like when I
1: was talking to you the other day, I need to order 18 showers. I'm not going to leave that to a builder because even if he had 15, 20 quid on each shower, you know, that's that's off my
0: bottom line. Mate, slap it on the Amex card. Build up your points. See you in Mauritius that's next exactly, That's exactly what Done. I do. <laughs> <laughs> right. I think we have covered everyone's questions. Uh, we've forgotten what we always forget If you've enjoyed this, please leave a review for both of our podcasts. And James, what should they do right now with our faces on screen? You should take a screenshot and tag us on all the socials. We're posing. We're ready. (laughs) Got my good side. Right. um, We will see everyone next week, where we believe we're going to be discussing emotional control. Should we do emotional, you know, management? Emotional management em em with a trademark
1: i think what we need to do also is just let listeners remember what we were talking about i think me and ted are going to do a live from that hmo just to show you what shit state it's in oh, that would be a great live man just you'll see shit on the
0: walls and all sorts we're going to interview the tenants aren't we oh, oh james <laughs> is the worst landlord ever. he made me leave his squalor and i don't like him that's what's gonna happen isn't it fucking <laughs> hate james um but yeah we'll, we'll organize that if you're not on a helicopter next thursday Anywho, thanks everyone for tuning in. Please send James an email or DM him if you want to register your interest for the HMO day. HMO day. Experience. It's not just one day, it's an experience. HMO experience. experience. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to the J2 Hub podcast with James Sahota. If you like the podcast... Feel free to subscribe so you never miss another podcast from James. And if you got value from this podcast, do take the time to leave us a review on iTunes or wherever else you consume your podcast content from. And remember, you're never too late to become something you truly want to become.